You're listening to Little Pricks Podcast. We're so happy you're here. Get comfortable and enjoy the episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. We're here for another episode of the Love Series. My name's Devin. This is Fareed, and we finally have a guest on board. Fareed, tell us about our guest, man. Absolutely. We have a special guest by the name of Derek. He is who we refer to lovingly as the Canadian, <laughs> yeah. half of the Canadian troop. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we, be- we became friends a bit over a year ago Cool. Uh, when I rented him my house. And is that how that happened? That's exactly how we no met. No doubt. Very true. So that's news to me as well. So Derek, I consider to be a friend of mine now, uh, but it is through Fareed, and now we have him on the podcast. Yes, he's a, he's, he's a wealth of knowledge and information to kind of give you uh, a dichotomy or an understanding of the dichotomy here, right? Mm-hmm. We have uh, Devin mm-hmm. entering a new relationship. Okay. Yep. Me, currently single. So living that life, and then Derek, who has and is in a successful marriage. Yeah, absolutely. So three hoping, different points of views. Yeah, we're hoping to kind of get a more well-rounded um, dynamic on this episode, I think, because this one's going to be prominent in almost everybody's life, and also we recorded this episode before and ended up trashing the episode, which we've done many times, but I think it's going to work out for the best. This is going to be awesome. We've been telling you guys we we're going to have guests for kind of... Almost too long at this point. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. So, finally here, Derek. We're super stoked to have you, man. Derek, uh, I well, think a very, a very appropriate first guest, like Fareed said, uh, a wealth, an absolute plethora of knowledge. So, uh, without further ado, man, uh, we're in the third episode of the Love Series. Yes, and we are. This one is going to be on romantic love. And just to touch base on the other episodes, if you guys haven't seen those yet, we have covered familial love. And we've also covered, um, what was the other one? What was the intro? We had intro, well, the intro and the that's right, love. That's right. This is the third one, which is romantic love. And then we will go on and do a segment on friendship. Yes. Right? Right, right. Friend yep. love and then self-love. Yeah, this one kind of just happened to come about since, you know, Valentine's Day coming this up. This is our Valentine's Day special. Yeah, yeah. So... so. Excited to jump into that, Fareed. <laughs> uh, I guess we'll, we'll kind of touch base on what we describe uh, as like what do we define all of our different types of love and then kind of define romantic love for us here so just kind of as a recap right we're going to look at uh the different kinds of love here you we've agreed upon that we start with familial love that yeah, is the good starting point love you get from your parents it kind of starts the basis for everything your understanding of what love is and how you're going to carry that onto the world we've discussed right. in the past that you initially learn how to flirt from your parents so that gives you the basis for uh, romantic love you learn how to how to give and share which gives you the basis for friendship and then to some extent because they help build your self-esteem right. you learn about self-love so that is your first basis and then of course you have our romantic love which is going to be between you and a partner your friendship love which is became uh uh a precursor for romantic love right. in many ways, yeah. right? Typically, you'll have the friend in the the uh, playground before you have the serious romantic long-term relationship, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. And then throughout this entire process, you're going to be learning about self-love or how to love yourself and the reflection of your own self-love that you put out into the world in all no the other forms of love you have. 
and these are all interconnected, right? Like we, we talk about all these, of course, being super, super important, but realistically an imbalance in any of these kind of can have a ripple effect into all the other types of love. As I think we've as we have found. Yeah, 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 for the sure. The hard way. The hard it's way. It's usually the hard way. Yeah, I would agree <laughs> with that. But hey, you know, with hardship comes memories that you don't usually forget, right? Like you don't touch the hot stove and then go a couple of days or even years later and be like, oh yeah, I forgot the that, stove was hot. The, that's the hope, man. Right. Or it leaves you the trauma you tuck away and hide away like I have <laughs> until you were... But in all fairness, there's people who do repeat the same mistakes over uh, and right. over and over. Uh, Although I'm... they shouldn't. They... Right. <laughs> that was me. That was exactly me. I didn't oh, want to name names. Right. Oh, I'm so excited to have you, Derek, on, man. This is sick. It's going to be a good one. This is so buddy. cool. So let's just, like, let's set the tone here. We're, we're, this episode is romantic love. We're going to be talking about romantic love and, and talking about what we think a healthy dynamic should look like inside of said serious relationship. Um, I think we're going to have a couple of other episodes and you guys let us know what you think about kind of seeking out that serious relationship and what that process should look like and the do's and don'ts kind of, you yep, know. Yep. We actually had a lot of disagreements about what we should condense into this episode. Because there's a lot, man. There is. There yeah. is a lot of info surrounding romantic relationships. So we're going to try to just keep this one tight and move the extraneous information like how to find healthy love some of the things opinion more opinion based yeah. on mm -hmm. what are good things for finding love yeah we're yeah. going to keep that separate and just focus on the uh, romantic love in its whole yeah and then what are the healthy traits in it when yeah no doubt it. yeah no doubt okay cool man so with that being said um you know what is romantic love how do we develop it you know we kind of talked about that it comes from family uh, kind of starts there, but then as we get older, what is your guys' experience with it? As we said before, free to single right now. I'm in a newly budding relationship. Derek, you're how many years married? 2001, so 23 wow. years. Good on you. Wow. 23 years. That's so cool. And it'll be a good perspective to have, right? Like we, we can sit here, you and I, Freed, and, and talk ourselves blue in the face, but realistically, you can't replace experience like no, that. No, we do not. You know what I mean? You just, you can't Google experience. You can't. <laughs> So you know. I think a great place would be to define it for each one of us, right? Okay. From a different perspective. For yeah, me, romantic no love is uh, the the relationship you share with a partner that you have mm -hmm. uh, more than just platonic interests in. Yeah, right. Sure. You have you have some kind of love for them. Yeah, and I would say that in that process, you decide to pair. You want to take care of that person. You want to give what you have to offer to that person for a usually and hopefully a lifelong commitment though sometimes you know yeah dating is dating they, they don't always last yeah no doubt and, and i would agree similarly like for me romantic love or like my desires goal sets surrounding romantic love would be a lifetime partner uh of just one person that's that's the place romantic love has in, in my life i know there's different types of like relationships out there things of that nature <clears throat> no problem with any of that but for me it's monogamous partnership as you have said i remember the word now that i had it was a person you have a strong affection for okay that yeah. was the word i was looking yeah for. no doubt you can like ice cream and have a strong affection for ice cream you're not gonna marry it <laughs> <laughs> says you oh. in utah it might remember, be allowed Derek, we said okay. there are all kinds of different relationships that out there. is true if reed likes it's unhealthy to have sometimes. one with ice cream he's allowed I didn't mention ice cream. <laughs> well, we did. We brought it up. Okay. But so. I would say romantic love also escalates into more of a friendship, too, as you move along through oh. that time frame. See, you know, it, good, isn't, it isn't just, okay. you know, I, 
let's have flowers, let's keep that excitement going. There comes a point where you're moving mm. together through life together. You're making decisions for the benefit of both parties. You're mm. looking at how things are going to move forward. Okay. And planning. No doubt. Uh, children, you know, children take a lot of work. Yeah, for sure. So. Yeah, one of those like foundational conversations to have even like getting into that. And you both have to be on the same mindset. So no matter how much you might be romantically attracted to somebody physically or mentally when during the dating stage. Sure. As you move through time, that has to be the same attraction for the person with the person going forward in the future. Mm. Wow. Good stuff. Good stuff, man. You see so many relationships that probably fail because they don't. It's funny he mentions that, right? Sure. Because yeah. that brings you to a, a thing that I I think we all remember talking about it at some point in school. Yeah, sure. Was um, the, the love triangle, yeah. right? And how the, each one has a meaning. Yeah. Right? So when you have um, romantic love is a combination of passion and intimacy, mm-hmm. right? And then you have com- uh, companionate love or compassionate love, typically. It's intimacy and commitment. And then you have fatuous love, which is passion and commitment. Right. And then those are the primary three sides. Then you have the top corners of the triangle. Right. Which is uh, infatuation, liking or empty love. Hmm. And that's what you were saying. Right. To do that, you have to you can usually pick two of the three. And for some of them, it's uh, it's becoming like friends Hmm. and having passion, which gives you a certain kind of love. So that's actually a great point you made. Yeah. Good on you, man. That's something heavily said in psychology. One for the Canadian. I've <laughs> <laughs> got a tally sheet over here for you. You better get on that. I'm doing my best, man. <laughs> so with that being said, you know, like what kind of importance, <clears throat> what kind of foothold does this have in, in, in all of our lives? And um, there's there's one thing that Fareed has said always when we have discussions surrounding this topic. And, and I agree. And I had a couple sayings of my own. But, you know, Fareed says the single most important decision you can make in your entire life is the person that you're going to spend it with. And I agree, right? Because I think you should be comfortable with yourself, right? Like there's nothing wrong with taking time to be single freed. You're in that spot in that time in your life right now. It's yep. fantastic. I, for the last like over a year before I got with my current partner, I, I spent time being single and I'm a better partner now than I've ever been. And that's fantastic. And you should Lord. be comfortable being by yourself, but you're doing a great job. I've watched you. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So it's like, it's a good thing, but my gosh, man, like outside of yourself, who you're obviously going to spend the most time with out of anyone in your life, your partner is the very next one, right? Like more than your parents, more than your friends, more than your kids, I would even argue, depending on your dynamic and, you know, depending on how. I would actually say that Derek is a great example of this because okay. like you said, your, your success is dependent upon the partner you choose. Yeah. Right. And I would argue, Derek, that you guys have been wildly successful, especially with, with the kind of situation that, or the hand that you've been dealt, so to speak, right? You guys have a very tight-knit family. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes from the dedication and time you've put yeah. into it. And because so you, you might chose want to explain that is the fact that our, right. we have an adult son who has autism. Okay. And that, in a lot of cases, will lead to a family breakdown. No There's doubt. a high risk of divorce among couples mm-hmm. that have special needs children. I believe that. You either come together or you fall apart. Yeah. You got to make a choice. No doubt. <laughs> they yeah. have come together. I bet. Yeah, I, like I said, absolutely. I've, I mean, we, what would you say 23 years now? Yeah. Our wow. son's 20 now. Yeah. Wow. I've had the joy of watching them uh, interact with each other very close by. Again, you were a renter for what, four months? Yeah, three, four months. Three, four months, right? And I got to watch the dynamic. And yeah. now we're, we're sort of ve- still very close, right? Yeah. Like we talk every day. Yeah, yeah. We make plans at least two, three times a week. 
and I watch how them they work as a family unit. Mm-hmm. It's very often it's it's very often we, not I. Yeah. Right. It's always yeah. let me check with my partner. Let me check to see how my son's doing. And it's mm-hmm. it's 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 a heck of a of a a thing that you don't see very often now. I'd say. Yeah. We, wow, because man. they behave as a unit. They don't behave. They, there's no longer the I. Yeah. And that's, right. I think, a huge key to a successful relationship. Yeah. And I think that line gets blurred a little bit, too. Like, I know that sometimes, like, I've even had conversations where, you know, people talk about kind of like losing that individuality. And I won't go too deep into that because we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But I, I think that there is like a huge amount of importance in that of being like the we, being the team unit. Um, not necessarily like the whole becoming one thing. Like I feel kind of differently about that, but that team element of being in a long-term romantic relationship is definitely key to the success, no doubt. There's definitely different ways of looking yeah. at it. And I, I, which I think we'll dive into a little bit. It's the whole, yeah, right, right. The I said. Well, yeah, I, I, won't, I won't dive too deep on that right now. But yeah. okay, cool. So huge foothold, obviously. We all collectively agree on that. Regardless I, do, I of, do have a question for Derek. Though. Yeah, yeah, go. What do you think has been one of the uh, key things that have helped you guys succeed as a, as a marriage? I think just talking things out, seeing the other person's point of view. Okay, so communication. We're not always, always going to be on the same page. Okay. And there's going to be times where you're going to get frustrated. She'll get frustrated with me. I'll get frustrated with her. We'll get frustrated with our son. Oh, that you have to just step out, collect, regroup, come back fresh. No doubt. No doubt. And, and I would like to add to, you know, some of now that we're like kind of talking about some of the aspects of like healthy romantic love, I would like to add that likely relentless vulnerability between you guys. I doubt that there are any times that you have conversations where there are secrets had or where people don't say how they actually feel because uh, there's probably just likely no room for it. Right. Like to work out this long term. And especially like you said, with the dynamic that you have going on with your, your son, like there's really only room for relentless vulnerability and being on the same page and such like crystal clear and crisp communication between each other right i'd say yes and no there's probably times where we hold back each really? of us just because you know it's going to cause a problem really and it's not it's well not, i was not ooh. expecting that yeah okay okay I'm listening. or I'm you'll listening. temper what you're going to say okay or you okay and if you don't you can expect the consequences it's not hmm. that anybody's going to get a divorce or leave or anything else. Sure, but sure. You have to. I'm sure she does the same thing with me, and I know she does. Is yeah. <laughs> are you saying? Are you saying that just sometimes like it's just not worth the fight? You've had the argument in your head, and I just don't want to go down that road. It's it's not that it's a fight. It's the fact that you need to pick pick and choose your battles. Pick your battles, wow. right? Like I mean, that's a good one. Like there is some substance there, right? Like, like to be fair. Yeah. I would say that if you know your partner well enough, you're like, I know exactly. where this is going. <laughs> no, no doubt, right? Like, that that's fair. Like, on surface level, some people might be like, oh, my God, that sounds awful. But I, I do see what you mean. Well, it's give and take. Right. There, it's You've heard the old story of people who get divorced because they left the cap off the toothpaste. <laughs> is that worth, is that yeah. what the fight was about? I haven't, I haven't heard that one, but that's a good one, yeah. But as the, it's an old joke about, oh, they left the cap off the toothpaste, they're upset. That's just a symptom of bigger problems. Yeah, wow. If you don't have bigger problems... Right. Taps, then put the I'll damn just, cap just, back on the toothpaste. Right. You forgot to put the cap on. I'll remind you nicely. I'll do it again for the 87th time. You don't lose your temper. It's all about wow. understanding and being compassionate to your, your partner in the sense right. that, you know, they're not going to do everything perfect. And you got to think in the back of your head, there's stuff that I'm doing that yeah. they don't like either. 
Yeah, well, I think we kind of like talked about that a little bit earlier where it's like, you know, one of the most important decisions that you'll make in your life. And as we can see now, 23 years later, that is kind of like shaped a lot of your life, Derek. And, and, you know, moving forward, I think I've kind of moved into a more of like realistic expectation of what that looks like, you know, because it is what it is, right? Like you don't really know until you know, like obviously, you know, I'm 27 at this point, you know, I've dated a handful of people. I wouldn't say I've dated a lot of people. Um, but I think that I, I've, I've came to that reality and I've came to that like, kind of conclusion and that really narrowed down list of like what matters to me and like what really doesn't, you know, and um, moving forward with that, I think that the trajectory of the relationship I'm in right now looks pretty well, just given especially like that advice and some of the aspects that you've talked about, Derek, and, you know, Farid, I think you and I are just for kind of, we're in similar places, I'm dating somebody now, but I think we both have pretty clear you know, goals as far as what we're looking for in that romantic and love and, and, and what place it holds in our life and how important it is. And I would ahead, say ahead. that one of the important things about romantic love is when done with some kind of discipline, mm-hmm. right? It gives you a, a diagram or a rubric and a sense of importance for the rest of your life sure. because you're no longer focusing on the you you're focusing on the we. Yeah. You're now you're now kind of making sure that you're you're affecting two lives. Yeah, no doubt. And that that gives a sense of meaning to yeah. people, right? So that is, I think, one of the biggest importances of having romantic love. It gives you a sense of meaning for your life because now someone relies on you to some extent. Yeah. So absolutely, man. And you rely on them. And and you rely on them, absolutely. It's a team. It's a very much a team. And that was me without jumping into the whole interdependent and codependent stuff. Yeah, right. I was going to say, yeah, because that kind of is a good segue for us to move on into, like, how do we fall into what, you know, a lot of us would call toxic love or unhealthy, unhealthy. love. And, yeah. you know, how does that develop? And how do you get in these situations where you have the opposite of what Derek's talking about, where... You're super codependent. You're you're not a team. You don't have this communication. You don't have an understanding of your partner to the degree where you, you know, choose to not fight over the damn cap on the toothpaste, right? Like, and everything's a is a, a battle and tooth which, tooth and nail. And which I would say that that kind of brings up a good opportunity to describe the two, right? Sure. Where yeah, yeah. Co- codependent love or codependency is is an unequal partnership. Okay. Right. Fair. That means yeah. that one person is. Is kind of in control. Typically, the dynamic of power is shifted towards one side, meaning, mm-hmm. you know, one person may have more of an affection or more of a grasp on the other person yeah. than the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not always that way. At, at times, that that can definitely shift. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no doubt. But it is it is requiring, you know, a, an unhealthy of attachment. Like if you go, I must chase you aggressively. Yeah. I'll get this one. Yeah. <laughs> I just heard it clipping, so I figured I should clip Is it clipping? Yeah, it was clipping. I don't know what that means, to be honest. But the crackling. Hey, I've watched oh, the show it? enough to see how many times Devin leans over and pushes that closer yeah. to you. You don't hear it crackling? No, uh-uh, not right now. Okay. So where we have interdependency. Oh, no, I do. Yeah, push it back. <laughs> I'll get this one. <laughs> Good on you. A good man. A gentleman and a scholar. <laughs> a gentleman and a scholar. I just thought I'd help you boys. No, I appreciate it. Interdependency requires both people to be able to operate autonomously. And I'm going to go ahead and refer back to you on this one because I've watched you guys function. And you guys, in some ways, absolutely have to be interdependent, right? In, in your case right now, you know, your, your partner goes to work, 
Mm. kind of manages that side of the of the household. It's when you're looking towards him that you need it closer to you, or you need to be more like this. I got an idea. There we go. Yeah, yeah. That fixed the problem. That does. Um, you know, she 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 goes to work, kind of manages that aspect of the household, Mm. while you manage making sure that your son has the resources he needs. He gets to school. He's taken care of, right? But you both function autonomously. You don't exactly need to go ahead and check every single thing with each other because you have set goals that you're going to work on with each other, right? And that has changed over the years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Still in Canada. Oh, I can't wait to say my saying. I don't know where we're going to fit it in there. Maybe we should just put it in now, the saying that I say that you like about I, long-term I, relationships. I would say let them finish it first, and yeah. then we'll go there. Yeah. In Canada, I was the one going to work. Renee was the one looking after Dad. So we were doing a, a role reversal now since we're yeah. down to Arizona. Okay, gotcha. So, I'm not as good at some of the tasks I'm assigned with now oh, as my wife yeah. is. She's had 20 years of experience, and she's a researcher through does a lot of medical work. Wow. So That's cool. when she goes to find something, boom, she's yeah. got it. I'm struggling to find some of those things. So she has. I'm trying to pick up her skill sets as well. Yeah. So as far as interdependency, yes and no. I mean, I'm now looking back at it going, you got to help me find some of this stuff. Because no doubt. My search is coming up. And not bearing fruit. Mm. And in an hour or two, she'll, oh, here's three places. Wow. Which is a little frustrating. No doubt. You want, yeah, sure. I, I want to do my part. Right. So. And like you said, just things change over the years, man. I can't even imagine, you know. You guys have been to, together almost as long as I've been alive. <laughs> which I, I <laughs> you know, know. I know where you want to go with this one. And I will, yeah. I will give you that proper segue for yeah, it. Right? Yeah, sure, sure. To have a long-term relationship, uh, Devin does have a saying, which yeah. I think you would probably agree with it's when you have a long-term relationship what yeah. happens well it's a, to to love somebody long term is to attend a thousand funerals of the person they used to be you know just kind of insinuating that change is inevitable and that over the course of a lifetime that that person's going to be completely different or have completely different roles or completely different even personalities i mean christ man I, i've changed in the past couple years i've changed big time you know? i would agree with that yeah. In the sense, but you're there, it's, if you've seen somebody who's put on and lost weight and you live with them compared to somebody you haven't seen before, the change is gradual. Yeah, So sure. you look back and you look back, oh, you're not the same person you were when you were 18. Yeah. Oh, but neither was am I. Right, sure, <laughs> so sure. Yeah, in, in the, the physical and the emotional sense is really, yeah, yeah, what I meant. Like, oh, the personality's changed. You're, yeah. You know, there's sure. people who, you know, and it doesn't even have to be so much a romantic relationship as, as even the friendship thing that's kind of sideline for a second is I yeah. have friends who over the last 20, 30, 40 years have changed so yeah. much that you would never know they're the same person. Wow. And I would say I think your phrase comes more into play uh, when maybe you're reminiscing about when you were young, right? Yeah, because you can yeah. definitely look back and say, wow, we are not the same people in these yeah. ways, but we are absolutely more like those people in other ways. No doubt. Right? But you always retain a bit of that personality. Yeah. The, the core should always be there, I would assume. Yeah. And you there know. can be tragic events or major life events that shape that personality to change as well. No doubt. No doubt. So what would you say, Derek, like if you had to answer the question or, or you know, what are some typical or, or common forms or traits of this unhealthy or, or toxic love? you had any experience with that in your 23 years of marriage? Have you just witnessed it in other relationships or, you know, what, what comes to say, mind for you? I wouldn't say toxic, but I've seen Be nice. It. <laughs> I know where he's going. You know, I, I'm thinking of like friends of ours that, you know, sure. Um, you know that they're wrong for each other. Mm. Everybody can see they're wrong for each other. Like in what regard, you think? Like personalities, 
Yeah. You know, it, it, abusive oh, behavior. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's of definitely that like a hard line in the sand, right? Like, And it's hard to watch. Yeah, I bet. And then when people go through, you know, I can give you cite several examples. I've sure. got a friend who she decided she was going to leave this guy, got a group of our, her friends together. We all moved her out into okay. a new apartment, unbeknownst to him. He came back, said, what's going on? She's giving him the keys. No, I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. We're waiting to make sure nothing happens. He's abusive. Okay. Ten minutes later, she's like, oh, we're back together. Can we move the oh, stuff back no. in? Oh, no. No, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> we're not, right. not going to help you hurt wow. yourself. No, no doubt. So that's a romantic love that they can't get past the romance. Yeah. For whatever reason, this person's like a drug to them. Wow. No matter how bad the relationship truly is, they yeah. just can't leave. Which just like might a codependency, be a I guess. codependent I mean, I style say, of love. Is that yeah. how you would like classify that? Like Absolutely. Just like a, a really horrendously toxic, unhealthy, codependent love that where, you know, like you said, the one person or one side has the power, whether that be emotional, and, physical, financial, whatever it is, you know. And why it's like that, I have no idea. This wasn't somebody who was needy yeah. or, you know, didn't have a good job or was relying on them for money or or unattractive they were they had everything going for them hmm. but they still could not leave that one particular relationship uh, there are definitely some of those out there and i think into uh, codependent love definitely stems from people that just don't have that healed uh, parts of them right there's mm. parts of them that just need to do some healing yeah. and they tend to either trauma bond with somebody else or they really need to stick with them or you know they just see uh, some sort of validation in that person hmm. and they can't live without it all of a sudden. And like, yeah. I will say I've been a victim of it myself, Yeah, right? Sure. Where I saw a reflection of what something I wanted in a person, right? And this is many years back. And, and when it, when it was over, even by my choice, I chose for it to be over. I was, I was like gutted inside. Hmm. And that was only many, many years later. Where I figured out, I was like, Oh, yeah, I oh, just no. need to do some healing. Right, and and now that's something I can deal with, and it's not even it's a, not even an issue for me now. Yeah, but it could be in your youth where people think, oh, this is the only person for me. They buy into that yeah. soulmate thing, all the stuff you. So you don't believe in that then? You're saying the soulmate things like meh. I think there's people that are really good matches for each other, and they can yeah. be soulmates in that regard. But I don't think there's only one person on the planet. I totally agree person. with that. I agree yeah, with that too. I totally agree you with that. You can make it, it work it, with a lot of people. Yeah, I agree. I, I, a fair amount. I don't think you can make it work with everybody, but there's like definitely more than one or a handful of people you can make it work with. What's the thing you say, Free? You have something for Yeah, that. I do. I do. Did you want to say something first, though? Well, I said you just learned to love. Yeah. yeah. I would say is um, people always think the grass is always greener. Right on the other sure. side. Right. Yeah. And I would That's argue the that the grass is greener where you water it. Yeah. So uh, an example of this is you often see people uh, often finding married couples or people in marriages more attractive, right? And it's, hmm. it's, okay. it might be, it might be a colloquialism that I heard, but it was like you find that married women are so much prettier. Really. Right. Hmm. And hmm. the and the logic behind it is, uh, it's because they're being taken care of hmm. emotionally, right? They're okay. being loved. And they're, you know, that is grass that, is being or watered. Or is that unattainable fruit? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, I, that to me makes more sense, yeah. I, I was meaning more in the sense of you don't realize that they're married. You see someone walking down the street in just a better mood, right? Hmm. And oftentimes it's because it's like that, that grass is being tended to, right? It's a person that's being loved. And that goes for men and women, okay. right? As long as there's someone that is in a happy, healthy relationship, their demeanor tends to be 
brighter, more cheerful, more uplifted, <laughs> and you're more attracted to those people. I haven't heard that one. I'm not even really positive I've experienced that as uh, much. It's never That's... happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody <laughs> wants me. Nobody wants me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said, I can vouch. That's bullshit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but, but as far as, you know, that does make sense. Yeah. Where, where you try and where Derek, you Derek, what if this is seeing you in a left position? It could be a lot worse. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, wow. Oh, my. You guys. Okay. So if we had to summarize, you know, that some of these ways that we fall into these not so favorable relationships, some of these unhealthy, you know, we talked about codependency. We talked about, I would say, like a lack of boundaries for sure. Um what, what else? Anything else you guys feel like you have to add? I feel like we covered that pretty good. I think ultimately if you're a person that hasn't taken the time to work on themselves uh, and kind of root down to the things that you need to find external validation for, you have a higher likelihood of entering a relationship that's not going to be super healthy. Yeah. Right. I think, I think in almost every one of our podcasts, we always come down to the same route. It starts with you. It always take, starts with take you, accountability like you for because you don't have control of anyone or anything else but yourself and what you do, right? Like you can want uh, anything out of a partner, but if you're not doing that yourself or if you don't have that to offer yourself, like you're kind of wasting your try- time trying to control all these external factors outside of what you're doing yep. and what you're bringing to the table and what you're adding to the relationship. Don't try and change them. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Right? Right? You always hear the, oh, but I can change him. Yeah. Well, the heck. I like how that always goes to men, too, right? Like, it's always us that need the change. I I heard one recently, actually. He said, baby girl, if the Lord couldn't change him, what makes you think that you can? Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just points to the same point of you are in control. You are the only person who can change you, and and it starts with you. Absolutely starts. But a very good one, Fareed. I think a knee slapper. (laughs) (laughs) I I think both parties have to find somebody who matches most of their criteria. Yeah. As far as you know, be it religious beliefs, you know. Enter- what they like to do for entertainment. There are statistics for this. Yeah. But yeah. I think that falls more under how to find the right romantic. Yeah, which so I we think we, yeah, we'll it. do a separate episode on. I think that's definitely got enough substance. And, you know, you guys have been good about reaching out. So, uh, you know, email us, comment on YouTube if you're watching on there. Uh, there's a section uh, at the bottom of the page if you're on Spotify where it says, what do you think of this episode? Reply to us on there. We saw that. I forget that person and their name, but that doesn't matter. They replied. That was great. We saw you. We added your response on there. We appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, that being said, I guess the the next segue would be, you know, we sometimes carry unhealthy behaviors into relationships, right? Like, you know, we are inside of a relationship now and maybe with some of these negative experiences, maybe we've been in codependent relationships before, maybe we've picked up some not so favorable things along the way. And when we're inside of a relationship that we're trying to make work long-term, you, how, how would you say we navigate fixing those things? Maybe we are a little bit codependent. Maybe we do have habits of losing ourselves and losing our personality and, and losing our desire and like our drive to voice our own opinions or some other example uh, that we bring into this relationship that we're trying to work out for the long-term, you know, like, what does that look like when we're trying to snuff that out or we're trying to change that, you know? And, and I, I feel like a lot of these questions are directed towards you because you, you just simply have the most experience, right? So if there's anything that 
you guys have had to work on. You know, how did you navigate that? How did you go about discussing it, et cetera? Well, any relationship is going to have its, its ups and downs, like we said, ebbs and flows. Sure. Um, you know, we've got lots of issues over the years that have come up from, you know, family problems to... Oh, yeah. See, I forget um, all about that. That's a good point, yeah. You know, you get family that interferes. Sure. Causes problems. Um, then we've gone back to, and then we've talked about you not on the podcast about this, but of some of yeah. the issues that have happened with our family recently. That, right, yeah. That, uh, you know, my wife definitely wanted your opinion on. Right. So, not to get into that too deep, but yeah, sure, there's sure. issues like that that, of course, causes conflict between the two partners. One sees it one way, one doesn't. Yeah. And it it's family bonds. Yeah. It's still somebody's family. Yeah. But I it's don't. up to that person to make the final decisions on how they want to handle it. Now, whether the other partners in agreement with that can cause conflict. Yeah, I bet, man. So, yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, to add to that, I think, you know, being in that mindset, right, where we talk about that that mindset that I've even changed recently with my new budding relationship where, you know, your, your goals are different, right? You have that goal of that, like, long-term success. And I think part of that is being kind of just aware and willing to face the inevitable risk that comes with loving and being with somebody long term, right? Like you're, you're just you're inevitably going to run into stuff. But there will be conflicts. Yeah, nobody's right. going to think the exact same way you do. Yeah, except right. for you. Yeah, so, so you, like being open minded enough to recognize that and, and and accept that. I honestly think this is less of a question about how do you avoid uh, or how you do fall into toxic love, but you're actually all more describing what a healthy relationship looks like. Yeah, fair. And so sure. if, if we want to re-kind of phrase what we're considering here, yeah, sure, sure, it's yeah. it's what does a healthy romantic relationship look like? What, yeah. are the, what are the behaviors you exhibit? What are the things that you should be understanding and accepting of? Like what you were mentioning, that you're not always going to be on the same playing field. Yeah. Things are going to come up and down. Ultimately, you have the same goal. That's where you align at the end of the day, right? So even if you just completely dislike their point of view, which typically you're not going to because you guys are aligned enough that you can come and find the even middle, right? It's how you deal with those ebbs and flows that will Mm -hmm. make a healthy relationship, which comes down to, you know, how do you argue? How do you discuss things? Yeah, argue or discuss, like, I, I, sometimes I feel like I like to make distinctions about that. But, I mean, does it, do you guys feel like it matters whether you say we argue or we discuss? Like, to me, I feel like, personally, it puts, like, a different kind of... Um, spin on things. Spin on things if you say argue versus, like, how do you problem solve? <clears throat> I don't know. Like, 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 okay, I'll just use my example personally of, yeah. like, what um, Ellie and I do. We ha- I, I came up with this idea. I forget where I saw it, but it's called a rest stop. And it's just like periodic check-ins where we sit down and there is like no boundaries on what we can talk about. It is, we start the conversation, I tell her, I say, you can say whatever you need to say, what you want to say, what you feel like you've been needing to say without any fear of judgment, retaliation, or some other like punitive reaction to this. Like, this is your safe space. This is my safe space. We can talk about anything in here. And we do. And sometimes it's like, gut-wrenching some of the stuff we've had to talk about even in our infancy of our relationship like we've had to really like have conversations about like future goals and what we do and do and don't want and you know so that that's like kind of my take on that so i'm actually going to take cues from two different places on this one okay um 
one of them from your relationship and one from my most recent relationship, right? Okay. Uh, to make a clear distinction between a discussion okay. and an argument, right? Yeah. A discussion is something pretty easy to do, reasonable. You're, it could be something as simple as picking out what couch you're buying from the store, right? Hmm. From the from the furniture store, but that can also easily evolve into an argument. That like, one, yeah. When, when yeah. it goes from just discussing that one seemingly simple topic, hmm. and you may have simply stumbled upon a sore subject for somebody, <laughs> when that becomes, you know, um, well, I really like the gray couch. Yeah, I bet your mother likes that one too, doesn't she? She mm. always chooses everything for us. We Hot don't have button. any autonomy. Hot button topics. Hot yeah. button topics. Or even if you didn't intend to, right? It could have been something as benign as the color of the couch. Okay. The thing is with any long-term relationship, if you want to get a reaction, my wife knows my buttons to push, and I know hers. <laughs> yeah. So if you are in a discussion and it's going to go to an argument, you've got all your the army ammo lined you up. need. <laughs> she has hers, I have mine, and it's you have to know when and what to say. Yeah. You don't want to use that; it will escalate. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And I, and I would say that the the healthy ways of doing it or dealing with it is like you were saying. There's a bit of nuance to it, right? Yeah. That you were starting off as a discussion, yeah. and you know you can make this into an argument, and you decide, that's not what I want to do Unfortunately, today. there's times where the soldiers get the wrong message, and they go charging across the field before you can call them back. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and that's when I get the, are you sure you want to go there? Right. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Hey. Come on back over to this side, guys. <laughs> We're not doing that, right? Yeah, no doubt. We didn't no choose doubt. violence this yeah. morning. Yeah, yeah. Right. I think I misspoke. <laughs> so what, what, it, what it sounds like to me, like a, a fair way to summarize this is that, you know, what do healthy rela relationships look like? Uh, sounds like they look like a, a lot of different things, a lot of communication. It looks like that they kind of develop and get better with experience, it sounds to me. Right. Like you can't know until you know and you can't have that arsenal or that that information that you have stored up after 23 years of being together without just being together for 23 years. Right. Like and like Fareed said previously, there's the grass is greener where you nurture it and where you water it. Right. Mm -hmm. And we can answer that. You know, we have a question here that do healthy couples argue? It sounds like, yeah, maybe they do. <laughs> they do. But I think ultimately they have that nuance. You know, yeah. when is it a good idea to push? When is it not? You have the understanding that you're fighting for the same goal, right? You're yeah. at the end of the day, it's under the same household. You want to achieve the same thing. It's just which way do you go about it? Yeah. And hopefully respect is at the Ooh, top of that yeah. list, right? You're no not doubt. sitting there trying to poke at your partner and, you know, mm -hmm. draw blood. There's no point. Stabbing them is like stabbing yourself. You're one. It's, and you don't want to see you, them hurt. You're not there to hurt them. No. And there's going to be times where you'll say something that you don't even realize hurts them. Yeah. Like we recently had an argument over something that yeah. I thought was cute. It's something that happened, I'm going to say, 30 years ago. Yeah. And I brought it up because I thought it was a cute thing that she had done. Hmm. She goes, I don't like that. I don't like when you bring that up. Wow. I'm like, okay. well, I didn't realize you had that perspective yeah. of what those events. I always thought what you did was really cute and sweet. Yeah. Wow. I know I, I didn't like that. Wow. But okay. 30 years later, I still didn't realize this was a hot button topic. Wow. Yeah. I thought she would see it the same way I did. Yeah. So Perspective. Perspective. Perspective doesn't always... I mean, just because you're partners doesn't mean you're identical. Yeah. No. And you That's, can't read their mind. Nope. No. That's so you, a big one, by the way. Yeah. You've mentioned this one a few times to me where, like, you can't pretend that no matter how close you are to read their mind. And yeah. I would actually say that, though it's not romantic love, like Daz, for example, right? Yeah. 
can't pretend to read his mind, right? Same with your wife. Can't pretend to read her mind, as no matter like how well you know them. Some days with dads, we like to refer to it as Eliza Manelli day. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Up, down, all over, you just have no idea. <laughs> That's cool. And right. that's, just, that's just one of those things, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we can jump into the, the, the four styles of attachment, right? Right. Um, and yeah, it's just there's two names for each one, right? You have your secure attachment. That's the only one with one name. Right. And then you have your anxious or preoccupied attachment. Then you have your avoidant or dismissive attachment. And then, of course, you're going to have your fearful or disorganized avoidant attachment, so yeah. to speak. You're, um, you're going to have to define those. Absolutely. Absolutely, we should define those, right? Yeah. Um, so when you have your anxious or preoccupied attachment, uh, individuals with this attachment style crave relationships, and that's typically the the, the scenario with all of them. They all crave attention, uh, relationships, some sort of intimacy and love. Right. Uh, however, in this style. Um, they they have a hard time being single, so they they, they crave the attention of a of a relationship, right? Yeah. Um, so they jump from relationship. They to jump from relationship, relationship to relationship. Yes. I've known people. The, like the that. anxious, you're saying? And, yeah, the anxious, and so they gain their their atta- their kind of a, what fills their cup is having someone giving them attention. Hmm. But that's what brings in oftentimes um, when it starts to turn a little toxic is that uh, jealousy, fear of rejection. And distress when things start to go. Poorly. Yeah, that that that's how I I know anxious attachment style more by that definition of like, not necessarily jumping from relation to re- relationship to relationship, but somebody that inside of a relationship has that constant fear of abandonment. So then we have our avoidant dismissive, which yeah. characterized typically by an independent, uh, assertive, self sufficient people. Uh, this kind of attachment style has no problem being single. But on the other hand, they can still be very sociable, popular, friendly, so to speak. But as soon as they get into a relationship and they start uh, having that romantic interest, like solely focused on right. them, and it becomes very, what's the word, intimate, right? Yeah. Um, very typical with sexual partner. That is a very specific word they use, intimate or sexual partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to connect on an emotional deeper level. Just totally overwhelming. Yeah, it becomes overwhelming, and that rejection starts to kick in. And they withdraw completely. Yep. Or to- or partially, I guess, but yeah. Yep. And then you have, of course, the disorganized or fearful avoidant, um, which is contradictory. Uh, and this is all, by the way, coming from theattachmentproject.com. That is the source the attachment for this. Attachmentproject.com. Yeah. There you go, guys. You'll have it. So you have referred to as fearful avoidant, yeah. contradictory attachment style that alternates between being preoccupied and dismissive style. So it does include yeah. two of the other styles. Like that disorganized attachment style, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Um, they initially show themselves as confident, attractive, and exciting people, have everything figured out. Uh, however, they have this deep fear of being hurt. They have trust issues. No doubt. And then these individuals have a hard time dating since th- that process of getting to know somebody can mm-hmm. be so nerve-wracking or chaotic right. because now everybody becomes a potential. All of those things, yeah. Yeah, everyone becomes a potential uh, target for harm yeah. towards you, right? Yeah. And then, of course, you have your secure attachment, which we have a great example of that right here, right? And that is what we all strive for. Secure <laughs> yeah. attachment typically means that you're comfortable being uh, in proximity with your partner and away from them. You have autonomy as individual people. Um, you're you're comfortable in relationships. 
when you're dating, not an issue to be, you know, you have your time. Right. You know, yeah. I have mine. When you're, especially when you're in a fresh relationship, right? Right. They don't all consume you. They don't yeah. become your world immediately. Uh, they're typically easy people to get along with, warm, comfortable, uh, attractive to other people, just personally, sure. because you're, they're not confidence, the man. Chasing. Just confidence, yeah. right? Like you're secure, you're confident, right? So, so and, so, and bonding tends to be fairly easy with, these kinds of people that makes sense so we would say that in in the context of healthy relationships you know knowing your partner's attachment style priceless absolutely priceless right like especially you know even even in the i i would say in my past like i am at this point primarily securely attached i would say i'm like in the 80 90 percent range probably 80 but I still have like anxious tendencies. All of us, yeah. You know, um, so I think that understanding that helps you not take as many things personal, or maybe at least it helps you empathize more with your partner when you understand their attachment style that they have developed through their life based on their experiences that they've had in the past. I would say more importantly, when you identify anything other than a secure attachment in your partner, mm -hmm. it gives you a bar to work at. Yeah, sure. Right, right. And you may not have had this in your relationship where you understand what attachment style they are, although your wife may. She's pretty good about that stuff. She right? knows all. Yeah. She knows all. But it gives you a baseline. Like, hey, you're, you're, you're showing these kinds of traits, or I'm showing those kinds of traits. Right. What can we do to kind of overcome those things? And again, it often roots down in your trauma. Yeah. How do you right. deal with like your for, stuff? Like, Pardon me, Dr. Phil. Yes. Right. Well, and, and even for me, right? Like my anxious tendencies, 100% come from my uh, uh, fear of abandonment. That comes from you, like my relationship with my parents, comes with the relationships that I've had romantically before that have ended in certain ways that, you know, again, feed that fire of the fear of abandonment. Absolutely. I think to get to the secure, you're going to move through some of those stages. Oh, absolutely. Because you don't yeah. need somebody and like, hey, let's go on a first date. I really liked him or her. Yeah. Oh, I'm so secure. We're going to get married and have children. I'm locked in. Right. No, you're going to be like, oh, do they like me? Right. Do I really like sure. them? Do I know everything about them yet? Right. I've only got to know them a little bit. I got, yeah. haven't you know, met their family, seen what their value styles are. Yeah. All stuff you don't really consciously think about, but subconsciously you're on that level of, yeah. I'm yeah. unsure. I'm still meeting this person. I'm still getting to know this person. Valid. You know, yeah. you, you have They're people down. who celebrities who they meet somebody and eight weeks later they got married and surprise they got divorced within the same year <laughs> yeah I, I would say that it's not totally unhealthy to like run through this gambit of different attachment styles no, through I some kind of natural form. right yeah but it's it's how deep you run into them right if you go in there and you experience a bit of this a bit of preoccupied a bit of dismissive or avoidant right that's fine. You're gonna you're human. You're gonna run through those emotions at times. It mm -hmm. depends on how much sleep you got the night before, so to speak, right? Or what? There's different variables for it. It's how deep you go into it. If you become mm -hmm. a significantly avoidant uh, attachment, right. all of a sudden, like what's your primary attachment style? Yeah. You be that becomes very rough for you. Yeah. Right. I think you should find your average, and your average should hopefully be a secure attachment for a healthy yeah. relationship. No doubt. Yeah, that's a good one worth talking on. I think we could really make an episode out of that too, to be honest. Let's do it. But a good, but a good one to talk about for sure, and understanding your partner's attachment style. And and again, that's just the thing that comes with. I like to sum all that up to experience. Sure. You know, learning your your partner's attachment style, having these communications, having these understandings of each other. It's kind of where I'm at at, the, at this point in the episode. Which I think that actually gives us a great um, maybe conclusion or segue, right, yeah, yeah, to, sure, to this. Yeah. That yeah. We can How kind would of, we conclude, yeah. We can at least define 
what each of us have experienced or are experiencing. Like, right, I'm in my current single phase, yeah. right? And I, I left a relationship that had a lot of promise, but I, I will take responsibility that I couldn't get through my own things, my own attachment issues. Okay, right? gotcha. So I was able to figure out that, yes, I had an issue with intimacy, for example. Okay. And so that was a lesson that I needed to learn, and I can take that moving forward. So like you're saying that was more of like a, a place where you struggled, struggled with like your avoidance? Absolutely. You would say like you withdrew. Can that I chime like, in? Yeah, Please. absolutely, man. Go ahead. The intimacy issue, though as we said, like we talked about just a few minutes ago, is the fact that as you move through the relationship and you're starting out, you're going to yeah. go through all those things and you're going to get to that secure point. Yeah. yeah. You were still having intimacy issues where you should have been at that secure point. Agreed. And that created confusion. That was the issue. Absolutely. That's a great, and actually he's a, a great example to yeah. describe about this because you've been my uh, one of the people I rely on to discuss these things, right? He watched me suffer through the things that I suffered through and he kind of helped guide me, him and his wife. Hmm. Um, cool. And so he's right. I I should have been at the secure point, and in some ways I was right mm. emotionally. Uh, but being part of it, like I wanted that person, I just didn't know how to uh, allow. Whereas that. the partner was at that stage. I'm secure. I want this. We've been together X time frame, yep. a very yeah. substantial amount of time. Yep. Why isn't he there? And Which now sends her into the dismissive and yep she and that's, cycles back and yeah. it's like it's a new relationship because i'm here am i making the wrong decision am i wow why am i not thinking why is he not thinking the way i'm thinking hmm. am i okay. thinking am i doing this wrong mm -hmm. because he's not there so exactly she's questioning her own experiences her own okay. thoughts and feelings it's an interesting Absolutely. perspective yeah and it moves on to you now who's in the <clears throat> stage two so to speak right right yeah i mean so you know, for me, I, I feel like while I say that I'm primarily securely attached, it's worth mentioning that, again, you move through those stages. Any person, even a primarily secure, can have other tendencies and have other things come up. Um, I think for me, even though being in the relationship, we're still in our infancy. We're still, you know, pretty early on. And I think that although I've had the opportunity provided to experience some of these other things, that there's still more to come. But I, I'm, I'm confident in my secure attachment primarily secure attachment style that you know i can have those traits of like being easy to easier to create and and get close to and have a bond with and yeah. easier to talk to and easier to to you know navigate obstacles and, and things of that nature and then hope hopefully you the end goal the secure attachment right what is what is your take on it i really don't know what to, to say on that because yeah like I say, we've been together for years. We've been married for 23. We dated for seven. We're engaged for seven. So wow, okay. Total, That's an interesting look. It's like 37 years together. So wow. you look back at it and you kind of say, it just kind of developed. It's ever evolving, right? It like was that's... ever evolving, you know, and there's going to be times where things change and ebb and flow. And I, and I would like to even say that Farid asked the question of like, you know, you're the end result, you're the end goal. But like, is it really even? Because like to me, I feel like, you get to a point where you just like wake up and you're like, holy shit, we've been together for 50 years. It's not like where you're at right now is the end goal, right? Keep, like, keep in mind, time isn't the, the goal. Right. Staying married, like I've said to Freed before, there's marriages of people I see married, they shouldn't be married. Yeah. They'd be happier being apart. Okay. They just are right. too scared to do that. Yeah. So you have to so look at time the, definitely not yeah. the goal then. Bear in mind, I said the end goal here was secure attachment. Oh, okay. I didn't say time. Okay, fair. It just, you have been... You've had that secure attachment as your average 
for a longer oh, okay. time. Okay, okay, yeah. fair, fair. Yeah. I guess we're putting words in his mouth. Or Sorry, buddy. Words out yeah. his mouth. You're trying to kick my teeth in, and I yeah. got to keep you people in check right Sorry, now. Sorry, buddy. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Um, Cut to the tape. <laughs> <laughs> check the tape. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you're right. There are people that shouldn't be married that stick around for the wrong attachment reasons. But I think yeah. overall, you have the gambit of the different stages of potential relationships, the individual, and you're learning yourself, figuring yourself out, understanding your problems correcting them to the best of your ability so you can take it into a relationship, bring the best out of each other, right? And then providing a stronger sense of commitment and hopefully ending up right here in a secure attachment in which you build a life together. You know, you've been 23 years strong. That is a life together. No one's looking at you going, my God, these two asshats need to end it already. Break up. Break up already. I would say you guys are fantastic together Mm -hmm. um, in the way you guys bounce off of each other. Right? And again, I've spent a lot of time with these people. I mean, we do our nightly video calls for Pete's sakes, right? If we're not at dinner together, we do a video call. So I I would say I have a pretty good vision Mm -hmm. of what you guys are like. Man, it's a lot. And I think it's worth saying also that there's a lot of questions. Like I'm I'm realizing that maybe I just don't know the answers to right now. Right? Like maybe I, I just... Part of having that long-term relationship and having that healthy love is just figuring it out, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I would like to think even in, in my relationship right now, there's a lot of things that I've been figuring out, right? Because like there's just certain experiences, certain triggers that can't be uh, activated without being inside of a relationship, right? So like if you're a person, and this is worth mentioning too, right? Like we've talked this whole episode about and it's surrounding Valentine's Day and what it looks like to be in a healthy long-term relationship but like also you know being a person that like can not be in that relationship or like having that healthy relationship with yourself even right mm-hmm. you know and go ahead what are you saying the you best relationship something? is the one you're going to have with yourself because you take it forward right yeah and so that i think is a great conclusion to this yeah and that's where it is and i would like to add a little line for mr bruno mars in in bruno honor mars, of, uh, yeah in honor of valentine's day right yeah you know, fellas out there. Yeah. You've got a special lady out there. You should buy her flowers. Not a bad one. Not a bad one. Not and bad hold one. her hand. Yeah. Give her your hours and take her out dancing if that's what she wants to do. Right. Those are the words from Mr. Bruno Mars. Hard lessons learned, but do it. It's easy for y'all. You watch yeah. this for free. Yeah. <laughs> take the free sure. advice. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> I think you know where this came from. No. Oh, no. You'll remember, you know, once we get off air. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anyways, guys, like, subscribe, follow us on all of the socials. All of the socials. Come you know, on. Our, our Facebook is growing, thankfully. Yeah, Facebook is growing, but we want to see you guys on Spotify, YouTube. Those all are the places it. where we host the, the podcast. If you like our content or don't, you maybe just like us at the very least. Share it with your friends. Share yeah. it with people that might benefit from this. Or dislike it. Dislike the video on YouTube. And give us comments. <laughs> Tell us what you want to hear from us. Yeah. And more importantly, I'd like to thank our special guest, yep. Derek the Canadian. <laughs> I think Derek. He, you were a wonderful treat to have here. Absolutely, man. And as long as the people don't say never show his face again, I'd like to have you on here again. And even yeah. if they do, I still want you yeah. here again. So. Right. Free Derek. Thank you. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Happy Valentine's Day. Adios.
whatever that feels like. Oh, shit. Are you on the notes right now? I'm pulling it up, yeah. I'm on. Okay. Yeah. Derek, next time when Fareed quits shit in the bed on these things, we'll have headphones for you. That we need we to get another splitter, Oh, shit too. the bed. That's what Winchester did right now. Oh, oh true God. That. True that. He's probably dragging his fucking wet ass all across your couch. <laughs> It's probably just, I don't know, everywhere. <laughs> uh, he takes human-sized shits, too. Yeah. Dude, he takes like not human. shits that humans would have, but <clears throat> human-sized shits. Right. <laughs> I think I'm Derek with that one. He even went like, mm. Mm. Well, Let's see the reaction to this. Yeah. Jokes. <laughs> just kidding. Did you already edit this, buddy? I'm looking for it right now. Uh, let's see. What are some of the good common forms of toxic love? A typical... Uh, okay. I'm changing that too. Why? It's toxic is stupid. I'll just add that in one of my notes. Just make sure not to make it too safe. Fred, you're gonna have to learn to give a little bit, buddy. I said I, I gave a lot, I think. I'm just saying don't make it too safe. And fuck you, I gave plenty today. Did you already delete it? I can't find it. I can't find it either. How the fuck? I just thought you deleted it before. I don't think we ever really had that. I think, I think we just added that ad lib. Yeah, I was gonna know? say, yeah, I yeah. think so. Which is fair. Knock it out. Hmm. Okay. We argue like this all the time. Why can't you guys just get along? We're like an old married couple. Yeah. Yeah. It's time. Do your thing, buddy. Ready? Get after it. Ready? If you could hear that in the headphones, it's unreal. (laughs) Still anything that's satisfying lately. Yeah. That's how bad off it's gotten. (laughs) Damn. Thanks for being understanding. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'll crack mine for you. A new mic, do you want oh, to I, try? I, dude, yes. dude. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. Whatever makes you happy, buddy. It's, I just need something. And Derek, I'll, I'll introduce you as Derek the Canadian, yeah? Yeah. Is that what we'll do? Since Absolutely. it's not, not the last name. Okay. How about, I'll, I'll introduce me and you, and then you introduce Derek, since... You know, you guys have more more history, and you can probably do a more proper introduction of like your guys' friendship and how this has led into what is now us three sitting at the table, the round table. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Are we recording. Everything's good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll introduce the episode, you and me, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. Wait. Let's go. Okay. Ready.